I specialize in working with people with autoimmune disease and chronic illness. Oftentimes, the people I work with have more than one diagnosis that they are struggling with. Reining in chronic inflammation is a key factor for their naturopathic doctor and I that we focus on. Inflammation is a normal and often helpful immune response to injury. When we get injured, get bacterial or viral infections, a cut or sunburn, we experience pain, swelling, warmth, and redness. These are signs of inflammation arriving in the first stage of the healing process. It's absolutely necessary and important. Inflammation becomes a problem when it doesn't turn off. It becomes a chronic, low-level physiological response. The question then becomes, why does this happen? How do I know if I'm suffering from systemic chronic inflammation? And how can I turn it off so that I can feel better? That is what we are going to be walking through today. Welcome to the Therapeutic Food Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Marion Mitchell. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, therapeutic diet expert, and founder of The Road to Living Whole. There are many different diets out there. It's hard to know which one is right for you with your chronic illness and autoimmune disease. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you the foundational pieces every single therapeutic diet out there shares, and also how to use the best one for your particular diagnosis. If you've been looking for a meal planning partner, help navigating the complicated healthcare system, and want to feel better quickly, I'm your girl. Grab your kombucha and notebook, Let's dive in. Chronic inflammation is a symptom of something not going right in the body. When we are inflamed, our body starts crying out for help. Oftentimes, you start going to the doctor because you feel off, but all your tests are normal. This is called subclinical. Naturopathic doctors and health coaches are more likely to believe you when you say you feel off. Kind of like when you see smoke, you know there's fire. They don't ignore you when you say you see smoke and they'll go, they'll go and investigate with you. Symptoms of chronic inflammation include allergies, including food, environmental, and other, bloating and gas, heartburn and GERD, constipation and or diarrhea, joint pain, arthritis, carpal tunnel syndrome, heart palpitations, autoimmune disease, and there are over 80 of them, chronic fatigue, brain fog, fibromyalgia, skin rashes, asthma, eczema, neuropathy, slow healing and recovering from intense exercise injury and or surgery, adrenal fatigue, hormone imbalances, and more. When you're experiencing one or more of these symptoms, they're going to start the process of helping your body deal with this inflammation before you become what we call clinical. Clinical is when your tests finally show something is off, but by then things are way off. Now, before I talk about the five strategies I have to help you reduce chronic inflammation, I want to talk about what can contribute to it. You know the saying, all disease starts in the gut. Well, it's kind of true. Not always, but we do know that when you're dealing with chronic inflammation, and other chronic symptoms, nurturing a healthy gut is foundational in the healing process. Factors that can play a role in igniting and then fanning the flame of chronic inflammation include the food we eat, medications we take, environmental toxins, pathogens like viruses, bacteria, and parasites, 
the amount of daily movement we get, our stress level, and even our quality of sleep. This all plays a role in the integrity of the intestine lining and the balance of bacteria in there. And when our gut is off, then it can contribute to chronic inflammation. It can even be the root cause of chronic inflammation, not always, but we do know that it plays a vital role, right? Keep that in mind as we're working through the contributing factors. And the foods we eat. Consuming high amounts of pro-inflammatory foods will irritate the intestinal lining. The longer this irritation occurs, the more likely you are to experience increased intestinal permeability, also known as leaky gut. And you kind of have to think of the intestine like a cheesecloth. Once it's irritated, the lining starts to, to get holes punctured in it, right? And um, normally when you squeeze something through cheesecloth, the only thing that gets through is liquid. When you start having holes in there, then particles of food start going through. Now, like 70% of our immune system is in the gut because technically the gut from mouth to bowel is considered the outside of the body. So the body has to protect itself from the outside, right? And so when these particles start getting into the bloodstream, the immune system goes into overdrive. And chronic inflammation is just one of those side effects. Pro-inflammatory foods include things like wheat, which contain high amounts of zonulin, which breaks down the intestinal barrier and punctures holes in it, right? Vegetable oils, including soy, corn, safflower, canola, grapeseed. Trans fats, uh, highly processed foods, pretty much like anything with a barcode. Food sensitivities, this can be any food. I've seen people allergic to things like apple pectin and turkey and blueberries and things like that, right? Fried foods, excessive amounts of sugar, which uh, excessive amount is more than four teaspoons per day for women and six teaspoons per day for men of added sugar. All artificial sweeteners, MSG, preservatives, and artificial food coloring. And then we have medications. Antibiotics, NSAIDs, steroid medications, chemotherapy drugs can all damage the lining of the intestines in one form or or another. Uh, It wipes out bacteria, increases cortisol, suppresses the immune system, or or actually degrades the intestinal lining. Now, these are life-saving medications, of course. Like, they have their place, but they are often over-prescribed. And when you are struggling with autoimmune disease or chronic illness symptoms, you're often on several medications. And unfortunately, sometimes those can contribute to a leaky gut, which contribute to chronic inflammation, right? Like it's like a double-edged sword, you know, and you can't necessarily always get off them, but it's still good, you know, to support your body in other ways. So I just want to throw that out there really quick. Environmental toxins. Research has linked many environmental toxins to uh, causing inflammation, disrupting gut bacteria, um, actually even being a cause of autoimmune disease, allergies, asthma, and cancer. Examples of environmental toxins are endocrine disrupting chemicals, or EDCs, and this includes things like BPA, dioxin, phthalates, fire retardants, PFCs, and others. Heavy metals like mercury and lead, Diesel exhaust, chemicals and cleaning products, including synthetic pesticides and herbicides, um, chemicals used in dry cleaning, triclosan, which is an antibacterial products, and more. 
chlorine, and other harmful chem- chemicals in body products like formaldehyde, benzino- benzophenone, I don't know if I said that right, Ac- acrylates, PABA, and more. And then we have pathogens like bacteria, fungus, parasites, and viruses. All of these can be a root cause of chronic inflammation in the body, and a lot of times they can um, harm the integrity of the intestinal lining as well. Latent infections play a huge role in chronic illness symptoms, and resolving these pathogens can actually resolve most, if not all, symptoms when they are the root cause, which is pretty cool. And then uh, lifestyle factors. So being sedentary causes inflammation in the body. We are designed to move. Movement cleanses our lymphatic system. It carries nutrients to the body. It reduces cortisol levels. It does so much. And in modern America, we just need to move more. But on the flip side, over-exercising will also cause inflammation. It's all about balance. Chronic stress. Chronic stress, like maybe a stressful job, unhealthy relationship, parenting with minimal or no support, and other long-term stresses will wreak havoc on our bodies. We all know this. It also causes chronic inflammation, or it can at least prevent inflammation from reducing. No matter how healthy you are, if you don't get your stress under control, you're not going to feel better, period. And there is no one right way to reduce stress. Uh, You can go back and listen to episode 46 to learn more about mitigation strategies for stress. And sleep. So many of us aren't able to get enough sleep or get good quality sleep. Sleep is restorative. It's when our bodies are cleaning things up and healing If we're not able to fall into a deep sleep due to too much light, an overly warm room, uncomfortable mattress, children, elderly parents, noisy neighbors, you know, whatever the reason is, our body can't do its job to restore our health. So now that we've talked about all the things that can cause and contribute to chronic inflammation, let's talk about the five strategies to help put out the flame. If you don't have your notebook out yet, you might want to grab it now. Number one, clean up your diet. You knew I was going to go there. Diet is the foundation. It's not the end-all be-all, but you get your diet right, and so much healing takes place. One of the biggest things that you can do is go organic. Glyphosate disrupts your microbiome like no one's business. It's so bad for us, you guys. The more organic you go, especially with things like wheat products and oat products, and then following the environmental working group's dirty dozen will go a long way in reducing inflammation in your body. I don't know if you can hear my pets in the background, but my cat's been trying to walk over the laptop and my dog has been like chewing on a bone and stuff. So if you hear it in the background, that's what's going on. Switch to more real whole foods and minimize highly processed foods. It's more nutrient-dense and anti-inflammatory. Two birds, one stone. My free downloadable guide is a great place to start. Another great place to start that's absolutely free is the Facebook community. In there, I share a ton of real-life, everyday strategies to eat better, cooking tips, my favorite grocery store finds. I also do impromptu and scheduled uh, workshops where I share 
more in-depth things, like really more like how to apply what I share in this podcast in that community. Plus I share recipes and all kinds of really good stuff. I actually have like over 350 recipes in my arsenal. Uh, About 200 of them are on the website. And then I have a whole bunch in my meal plans. And you're going to get all of that information in there. It's a great place to go for the application side of what I talk about in here. The link to both of those is in the show notes. Okay, so number one is clean up your diet. Number two is take medication only as necessary. Did you know that there are actually tons of strategies out there to help manage things like allergies, bloating, gas, pain, muscle cramps, all of those things? And here's my story. After my divorce, I had to buy private insurance and it only covered so much. A friend of mine was already in the natural health world and she introduced me to things like nasal rinsing, colloidal silver, grapefruit seed extract, regular yoga practice, castor oil packs, and all these other remedies that helped with things that I was struggling with like chronic sinus infections and cramping and PMS and, you know, just like aches and pains and colds and things. And it was a game changer. I never really went to the doctor a lot, but um, on my health journey, there was a time that I was taking really expensive pharmaceutical migraine medication three to four days a week to function. I was taking lots of ibuprofen for my headaches. I had my, I was on asthma, so I was on a daily plus a prevental and just like all these things that I don't need to take anymore because I have so many tools in my toolbox. I mean, sometimes I'll need a steroid. Sometimes I'll need an antibiotic. But it's not the only tool in my toolbox, and it's not the only tool for you either. Sometimes medication is necessary. It absolutely has its place, absolutely. But it shouldn't be the only tool in your toolbox. So it's really important to start exploring other ways to manage your symptoms. You know, having a holistic approach is a really great idea. Number three, reduce your exposure to environmental toxins. This is one that small steps make a huge impact and small spec, small steps over time can really overhaul things and reduce your exposure dramatically. You know, as you run out of things, like as you run out of your body care products, for example, switch with cleaner, less toxic versions. Uh, when I first learned about the website called Skin Deep, also by the environmental working group, I became obsessed and threw out like everything in my bathroom and like all my body care products and all my makeup. And I started replacing them with other products. That was an expensive way to go. And I really don't recommend going that way as tempting as it is. Instead, I recommend researching and finding replacements and then replacing as you run out of products. Replace your plastic food storage containers with glass ones. Now, if it's not going to get overly hot or cold like it's in your pantry, you can use plastic. That's fine. Don't clean them in the dishwasher, um, you know, when you're swapping things out. Hand wash and let them air dry. Well, plastic is fine for that. What I'm talking about is when it comes to storing food, like leftovers, that's where things get dicey. Replace these things with plastic for sure is a simple way to reduce chemicals from leaching into your food. Another simple way to reduce environmental toxins is to open up your windows daily, even in the middle of summer and dead of winter. Indoor air is usually much dirtier and unhealthy than outdoor air. Opening your windows cleans your indoor air and it's absolutely free. And then my last tip for this section is to dust regularly. 
phthalates, mold, and other chemicals love to hang out on dust for some reason. So dusting weekly is a must in my book. I do have asthma. It is well controlled at this time in my life, but dust aggravates it dramatically. And um, I'm very sensitive to mold. So dusting is like one of those things that's like a must do on my list. I dust at least once a week. And here in Phoenix, like you could dust on Monday and by Saturday, it looks like you did nothing. So I dust a lot around here. All right, number four, move your body for at least a bare minimum of 30 minutes daily. Movement is lubrication to the joints. Even though you might be in pain or absolutely exhausted, moving your body is a must. It will actually reduce your pain levels and increase your energy. You don't have to go hard to get the benefits either. Movement also is how the lymphatic system is able to flush out toxins and excess fluid from the body and help it work more effectively. Movement is vital. You can do things like go for three 10-minute walks. It does not have to be fast. It could be Tai Chi. It could be even like chair workouts. If you're in a lot of pain and you can't stand or walk for a long time, there's workouts on YouTube on how to work out and move your body from a chair highly highly recommend you don't have to go hard to get benefits but you do need to do it and you need to do it consistently last but not least one of the five strategies to effectively reduce chronic inflammation in the body is to make sleep a priority i understand that this isn't always easy it's only been recently that i've been consistently sleeping through the night and able to get seven to eight hours of sleep per night. I don't know if you've been following my adrenal fatigue journey, but uh, there was a time for about like, I don't know, a year and a half, two years that I could not sleep through the night. You know, I would fall asleep. I'd wake up at like one or two in the morning, sometimes three, and just could not fall back to sleep because of everything just going on. And so I get it. I also have friends that have young kids And young kids just don't sleep. I remember being so exhausted that I would just sit in my car and bawl my eyes out because I was just so tired. And I know that those are not the only reasons. Sometimes it's pain and, you know, aches and stress and all these things, right? But it's important that we start working on it. We need seven to nine hours of sleep per night so that the body can clean the brain. It can clean the cells. It can clean up all our dead hormones. It can clean all this up. It can heal injury. That's why we sleep so much when we're sick because our body needs to focus on healing versus keeping you alive and functioning. Sleep is important and it needs to be consistent. We need to go to bed and wake up at the same time every single day. There is a 30-minute wiggle room in there on either side, but pretty much need to be very consistent. Seven days a week, 365 days a year, I know. We need a dark, cool room. Think like a cave. We need sunshine in the morning and a dimmed house in the evening for our melatonin production. We might need to ask for help and tag team nights with the kids so that we can get some sleep. It's worth the effort to start getting enough sleep consistently. And those are the five strategies to effectively reduce chronic inflammation. Quick review, inflammation is a normal and helpful immune response to injury in the body. Chronic inflammation is harmful to the body and can lead to a a variety of seemingly unrelated symptoms. Things that can lead to chronic inflammation are a poor diet full of highly processed, low in nutrient foods, environmental toxins, pathogens, lack of physical activity, chronic stress, and a chronic lack of sufficient sleep. 
five effective strategies to reduce inflammation in the body are an anti-inflammatory diet low in glyphosate that is rich in produce, high in quality protein and healthy fats, finding holistic strategies to manage symptoms and use pharmaceutical medications only as necessary, slowly reduce your exposure to environmental toxins, including body products, cleaning products, and then, you know, indoor air, moving your body daily for at least 30 minutes and making sufficient sleep a priority. One last thing before I let you go, it takes time for inflammation to resolve. Please be patient with your body and thank it for how it's always trying to keep you alive and functioning. I know that feeling awful is frustrating and we want to feel better as quickly as possible, but hating your body will not help you heal. In fact, it'll slow it down. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help others find it by leaving a review, sharing a screenshot on social media, or sharing the link with a friend? By you sharing what you've learned, others are able to find this podcast and join our community. Be sure to check out my website, www.roadtolivingwhole.com for over 160 delicious recipes, a variety of meal plans, and a blog packed full of even more healthy living tips. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with me as your coach, you can schedule a free consult through www.roadtolivingwhole.com backslash health-coaching backslash. Until next time, friend. Bye.